Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. Before we get into this, I would like to thank you. Thank you for your listening ear. I so appreciate the fact that you're stopping by and we're having this conversation. I know that sometimes I can ramble from time to time, more often than not. And, you know, and I get, I totally get that you could be anywhere else on the planet doing anything else than listening to this episode. I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that you're stopping by and it's a responsibility of mine that I'm taking on that I impart something of wisdom to you, something valuable for you to listen to. So in this episode, I'm going to feature a letter that I received, a letter about manifestation, asking some questions about manifesting. And hopefully in answering her questions, and I'm not going to name her specifically because I did not ask her permission to feature the letter, and I know her. So I know probably more than likely she would not even mind if I have mentioned her name. But more importantly, I think that the questions contained in the letter apply to almost all of you manifesting things in your life, manifesting big things, manifesting your reality, and sometimes the frustration that comes up with that. So first I'll read the letter and then I'll address the questions contained therein. It begins, how are you? Or hi, Daniel, how are you? I hope you are doing well. I always love it when someone checks in with me. I wanted to share that I'm loving the latest podcast. Those are, I think, podcasts 106 through 111. They all dealt with manifesting. They are resonating in many ways. But I wanted to reach out and ask, I was curious, something occurred to me that has been happening for the past few weeks. I was curious why it is easier to manifest small things than big. This comes from a podcast I heard you talking about a while back before you started your own. I was a guest on the Subconscious Mind Mastery, and I talked about treating life like ordering from a menu at a restaurant and knowing the waiter would bring what you asked. It was just a matter of time. You simply ask, let it go, and it will come to you. You shall receive. So why is it easier to do that with small things? I ask because it's easier for me to think of a parking spot and it shows up or think of having time to watch a movie. She's very busy and everything falls into place like today or thinking I will find something at the grocery store and it's usually not there, but then it is. Why is it easier to order small things from the universe? It seems like bigger things, i.e. example, Financial freedom, huge house projects, etc. seem to not work the same way. Am I too focused on them? Am I being too needy? Am I in a lacking mindset when I think I'm in a manifesting mindset? I'm very grateful for the seemingly smaller wonderful events. And I express that with the universe. But why do the bigger things seem not to work the same way? I've been wondering. How do I learn to speak universe. How am I blocking my blessings? What am I missing? Is it like this cryptic language I just can't translate? 
it seems like sometimes it all falls into place. Then others, I'm like, what? I don't get it. What happened? Should I just focus on the small things? Do I build up to manifesting more? Would love your help and insight. Thank you for all your support. So as I begin my response here, remember that we attract according to our vibrational set point or whatever our vibe is at the moment or in general what our vibe is. It's not so much the words that we use, but the feeling behind the words. And so if we look at the letter, if I refer back to the letter, you can't look at it. You're listening. But she makes a distinction between small things and big things. You see, just in the the way it's stated, there's an implied feeling behind the big things, that they're harder to attract, that they're harder to create, harder to manifest. And the, the small things, even though she appreciates them when they show up, it seems like they have less value, less importance, a parking spot, you know, access to a movie or time to watch a movie when she typically doesn't have time. And it could be a host of smaller things that we manifest and we take delight when they show up, but we kind of just say, you know, they're not the big stuff. So it's recognizing the feeling or the resistance that's in us there about the big things, seemingly big things. Let's consider just dismissing the whole concept of small stuff and big stuff. And then we just manifest events. We manifest things into our life. Some of them are big and some of them small, but they require no more energy to attract the big stuff. And that's the, that's the idea that we're setting up here. It really takes no more effort to attract big stuff than it does little stuff. It's all manifestation and it all works on the same principles. So what is getting in the way here for you is the idea that it's big stuff. And look inside, check inside, calibrate to your feeling that's coming up when you say big stuff. Is there a sense of resistance? Is there idea or is there an idea that it has to require more work, more energy? That's the first place you want to look is what is the energy behind how you're imaging or thinking about the different things that show up in your life. Next is, let's talk about what is a manifestation. Sometimes we look at things, things coming into our life as a manifestation. But our manifestations are anything like you pointed to in the letter, a perfect day where everything seems to fall in place. Our emotional set, our vibration is a manifestation because we have to focus our mind and say certain things to ourselves and think of it in a particular way in order to generate a particular vibration or a feeling state, an emotional state. So that in and of itself is a manifestation. It's, it involves choice. The other point I want to make is that we are always manifesting. The law of attraction is always working. So when things don't show up, we're manifesting things not showing up. So we need to take a look at what is our point of attraction there that is generating that lack. Is there the feeling and the verbiage there about the quote-unquote big things that they're just not showing up? That When is it going to finally happen? When are things finally going to fall into place? 
See, we're focusing on the lack. We're focusing on the, the fact that things aren't showing up the way we want. Or in other words, at the point of time where we're looking at the process of manifestation, our experience is that it hasn't shown up yet. And so what I'm going to suggest you do is when you create an intention, surrender into the idea that is on its way, just like ordering from the, at the restaurant, ordering from a menu. Like you sit back and you start having a conversation, you start doing other things, just assuming that the food is on its way. Assuming that the manager has everything in place, that the cooks in the kitchen have all the food and they're, they're, on, you know, they're focused on delivering the order and then that the waiter is there to serve you. You see, you're turning it over to the universe. You're turning it over to the management to work out the details. And many times when we have what we consider a big manifestation, we get caught up in the idea of wondering, how is it going to show up? How can it happen? And when you look at you know, from your limited point of view, you can't see how it's going to show up. You don't see how everything's going to come together. So it creates resistance. So when you notice that you're creating resistance, acknowledge it. Say, oh, I'm creating resistance. I'm thinking about lack. I'm focusing on, you know, stuff not being here. So I am going to shift my focus. Acknowledging it gives you agency. It points to the fact that you are responsible for your manifestations. There's none of this victim mode where I'm doing all I can. I'm, I'm in the mode of manifestation, but the universe just isn't cooperating. They're just not working with me. You see, when you focus on the lack, you generate more lack. You generate the experience of lack. Let's think of it this way. How about a, a trip to the grocery store versus a trip to between, uh, since I'm in Fort Worth, we'll say DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth, to Miami. Or wait, let's change that. Let's say from Dallas to Fort Myers, because I actually have an experience that I can talk about in this. So if we just say go to the grocery store, that seems like a small thing. We just get in the car and we you know, make sure that we have our money, our wallet, and we go to the grocery store to get what we want. And we're in the assumption that whatever we want, whatever we desire is going to be there at the grocery store. And I don't know how close the grocery store is to you, but consider that it's probably a five to 30 minute trip to get to the grocery store. In the scheme of things, relatively easy, very few moving parts. Now contrast that with the trip from DFW to Fort Myers. There's many more steps involved between here and there. You don't necessarily expect an instant manifestation where I'm immediately transported from where I am now to Fort Myers. So on one hand, you could look at just me getting from DFW to Fort Myers is a manifestation. But also every step along the way is a manifestation. Now, some of those I orchestrate, some of those are inspired action, like I'm inspired to buy a plane ticket. But I don't worry about flying the plane. I just show up and I, I turn it over to the management. I turn it over to the pilots. I turn it over to the airline to get me there on time. And so well, let, me, let me set this up. Why did I go to Fort Myers? Well, several years ago, my cousin, she asked me if I would perform the wedding ceremony for her, between her and her fiancé. She wanted to get married on the beach. They lived in Cape Coral, which is just south of Fort Myers. 
And I was excited about it. She was excited about it. I had been ordained several years before that, and I performed, I don't know, about a dozen wedding ceremonies. And I was off. And so the plan was I was going to fly down about four days early and spend a total of a week down there. And so I made my plane reservation. Well, I get to the airport, and it turns out that just before the boarding is complete, I'm told that the plane is overbooked. They've overbooked the plane, oversold the seats. Now, why would they do that? Well, as a consequence, they ask for volunteers to not fly on the plane, and they would give them a travel voucher to fly anywhere in the country at any other time. And none of us were budging. We all were sitting there kind of looking at each other like, who's going to take advantage of this? And suddenly, I got the impulse. I raised my hand and said, I'll take the voucher. You see, in my mind, I suddenly had the the vision of me driving and having fun, driving between here and Fort Myers. And then I would also have my car, so I, I wouldn't have to rent a car. And then I affirmed to myself, Daniel, you love to drive. You're going to see the sights. You're going to see the landscape. You're, you're actually going to see Louisiana. I'd never been to Louisiana. So I thought, what a perfect time. I did a quick calculation and realized that I could be in New Orleans or at Lake Charles late that night, so I took off. And I have to say, the drive through East Texas and into Louisiana was very pleasant. I really enjoyed the scenery, really enjoyed the trip. I had rolled down the window, and I was just enjoying the fresh air. But then it was shortly after I went over the state line into Louisiana, I realized I didn't have a place to stay. I hadn't confirmed a place to stay. So I looked it up on my phone and identified a hotel, and I called, called directly to the hotel. And it turns out that they had one room left, and I got it. I'll take it. And it was right off the expressway, right on Lake Charles. I was going to get there about 10, 30, 11 at night, and I could go to sleep and then get right back up in the morning and get on the road. And that's what I did. I, I stayed the night at that hotel in, at Lake Charles, and then I was up in Adam right before sunrise and on the road again. I had stopped at a little restaurant and had a breakfast sandwich, but I took it and I was gone. And I just remember marveling at just how delightful the morning air was. You could smell the sea breeze. You could, it was beautiful. The sun was coming up, was shining through. And I was just marveling, delighting at how beautiful the drive was. But I was taking such a delight in the drive, I hadn't noticed that, hey, Daniel McFly, you know, maybe you should have gotten some fuel. And before I knew it, mid-morning, I'd run out of gas in Florida. So I, I drifted off to the side of the road. I got my phone out, and I had zero cell surface. So I was right in the middle of the Apalachicola, if I remember that right, Apalachicola National Forest. So there was nothing nearby. Evidently, zero cell towers. But as my luck would have it, I looked up through the windshield and I saw a sign, a road sign, that said that there was a gas station about three miles up the road. And I said, hey, I can walk three miles. It'll be fun. And so I locked up the car and I started walking. And I could see the westbound lane across the median, across the trees, and there was this van 
this old Chevy van that started slowing down and then sped back up. And I didn't think anything of it. But what he had done is crossed over the emergency crossover section and came up to me and asked me if I needed a ride, if everything was okay. I said, well, thanks a lot. I, I Evidently, I ran out of gas and I needed to get up to a gas station. And he said, get in. I'll take you. So I got in and I disclosed my name. I disclosed why I was there, what had happened. You know, a brain fart overlooked the idea that I needed gas and that I was on my way to Cape Coral to perform a wedding ceremony. And then he asked me, so you're a minister? And I replied, yes. Uh, it's not a full-time gig, but it's one of the hats that I wear. And he asked me then, would you pray for my son? And would you pray for me? See, my son is in the army, and he's stationed in Iraq, and I worry endlessly about him. And I replied, of course I'll pray for you. And he immediately pulled over, and we sat for a moment, and I prayed for his son, and I prayed for him. And he said to me afterwards, I think God made you run out of gas. I asked him, why do you say that? Because I've been praying for some support around for me and my son, and here you are. And then he said, you didn't say anything extraordinary, but you must have a connection to God because I feel a hundred times lighter. It's as if someone lifted a burden off my shoulders. And then I said, well, it does look like God led me here to you at this point in time. What better synchronicity, right? And so we went on to the gas station, got the fuel. He even bought my gas. He bought the little gas can and fueled, filled it up. And he said, just, you know, put it back in your car and drive down here and fill up your tank. But what I didn't understand is that after we went back, put fuel in my car, and I drove off and we parted ways, I went to the gas station and the attendant wouldn't let me pay for it. He said the man that took me there, Jack, already paid for my tank of gas. So I owed them nothing. And I thought to myself, what a nice little example of divine timing. Well, again, I was just south of Tallahassee. I pulled over at a gas station. I wasn't going to make the same mistake twice and put gas in my car and I went in to use the bathroom. And the smell of oranges was phenomenal. They had been juicing and they had cases of oranges. And oh my God, it was intoxicating. After I came out of the bathroom, I noticed that the guy behind the counter had a Michigan State University t-shirt on. Not sweatshirt, it was too warm, but t-shirt on. And I mentioned, go Spartans. And he said, oh, you a state fan? I said, I used to go to state. I'm an, I'm an alumni. And he said, me too. And in talking to him, we figured out that we probably went to Michigan State at the same time in the early 80s. And he had moved down to Florida shortly after that and ended up buying this gas station. And we we chit-chatted for a little bit, trading back stories from when we were at Michigan State on the campus and at the local haunts. And uh, before I left, I just mentioned the smell of oranges is amazing. And he said, I want you to take a case. I said, excuse me? Take a case of oranges on me. It was a lot of fun recalling the memories from college days. So uh, take them. And I said, thank you. And I took them. And man, they were good. And as a thank you, I got the impulse, the impulse, the urge to make a Facebook post. So I took a picture of his sign outside and I said, if you have to stop for fuel or for a rest, stop here. The service is outstanding. Incredibly good. 
Extraordinary, in fact. And I mentioned that I was on my way down to Cape Coral to perform a wedding ceremony and that I was enjoying the drive. Well, a friend of mine who had moved from Dallas-Fort Worth to Fort Myers had seen the post and said, if you have any time while you're in town, let's hang out. And so I called and made a connection with my friend and told her what I was up to, what my itinerary was. And she asked me, what else are you up to? And I said, well, it just so happens that after this, in about a month or so, I'm going to be in Honduras and as part of a reforestation project in the jungle. And she said, there's some place in Fort Myers that you need to visit. It's called Eco Farms. And they specialize in seeds for reforestation and planting and agricultural in tropical, subtropical climates. It's a nonprofit, and she said, you're going to love it. So to make a long story short, we had an amazing time at the wedding. Uh, I wasn't allowed to pay for a thing. They took complete care of me. We actually made a jaunt down to the Everglades the next day and rode an airboat, went through an, uh, a tour through the Everglades. I totally loved it. And then the next day, I went to the Eco Farms, and I was blown away. They actually had a source for me to buy seeds for the reforestation project. And when I bought the seeds, I told them what I was up to, where we were going to go, and they gifted me another 500 seeds, which was a huge win because at that time, it was very hard to find seeds for trees of the variety that I was looking for, mahogany, cedar, a neem and a moringa. And while I was there, I learned a variety of planting techniques which aided in our reforestation project. So, a presenting question, a question that I had in the back of my mind, how were we going to get seeds? How were we going to fulfill on this? The universe answered it. It had actually been a big question because I was having trouble locating seeds and then they wanted an arm and a leg for them. So, it really worked out. It was an ongoing question in my mind, and I would have to say, in the context of this podcast episode, I created it with the help of the universe. So I could continue with event after event all the way back home to Dallas-Fort Worth, but I'm going to draw it to a close and start pointing out some of the lessons here. One is my flexibility in my approach. There was more than one way to get to Fort Myers. And I think I need to point out that something that originally seemed like a setback, you know, the plane being overbooked and me having to drive, or I could have waited, but I decided to drive because I got the impulse, but not getting on that plane was a setup for a bigger adventure. It was a setup for several things to be manifested inside of that journey. And even though my first thought, my first plan went awry, I was in the attitude of that it would all work out, that it was going to be fun, that I was going to enjoy the journey. And I had really adopted the attitude that it was an adventure in manifesting. It was an adventure to go from here to there. And I was just curious about all the amazing things that would happen along the way. So that was my manifestation. That was my intention. That was the vibe that I was putting out there. And of course, along the way, I was thankful for every little thing that happened. I was thankful for the sunshine. I was thankful for the bed that I arrived at at St. Charles. The fact that it was there, that I got the last room. And then I had the amazing breakfast. I just went over the top, appreciating every aspect of the journey. And I can remember thinking to myself, I couldn't have planned it better. 
and I literally did none of the planning. I simply showed up. And when I met people, I connected with them and I disclosed what I was up to. I disclosed my plans. And they saw a way how they could fit into it. They, ta- they saw a way how they could support me in my journey. They got caught up in my vision. They, caught, they got caught up in the possibility. And see, so this is very important. When you encounter people, share what you're up to. Share your mission for the planet. Share the mission that you're currently on. But don't share to get help. Don't share expecting them to do something for you. Share because you want to share the vision, that you want to invite them along on your journey, even vicariously. And the reason I say that is because the universe is conspiring on your behalf. The people that you meet, the people that you bump up against, more than likely are there by divine guidance, divine synchronicity. So take advantage of it. Disclose what you're up to. Disclose what question is on your mind. Nine times out of ten, they have an answer or they'll say something that will assist you along the way. And sometimes, like in the case of Jack, you're there for them. You're there to contribute to them. And I have to say it was very satisfying to me on a personal help raise my vibe to have that prayer session with Jack about him and his son. And I have to say it's not something I do on a, on a regular basis, sitting down having prayer with people. But... The opportunity was there, and I just stepped up to the challenge, stepped up to the moment. Now, the other thing I want to point out, because the trip between Dallas and Fort Myers was a quote-unquote big thing, I spent 99% of the time fulfilling on my intention. I wasn't there. I could have lamented and say, oh, when am I going to get there? How long is this going to take? Oh, it just seems like forever that I'm going to, like... No, I just enjoyed every step along the way, every mile of the journey. This whole idea of enjoying the journey that came out of the 60s is there for a reason, because really it's all you have is the journey. And of course, like I said, we didn't expect an instant manifestation between Dallas-Fort Worth and Fort Myers. We knew that it was going to take a series of steps. And knowing that there is a journey between here and there, Could you imagine for a second, if I could have teleported between Dallas-Fort Worth and Fort Myers, I would have missed all the little things in between. I would not have had a journey to enjoy. I wouldn't have had the memory with Jack. I wouldn't have the memory of getting the case of oranges. I can't remember your your names. I'm sorry. I would have never found out about Eco Farms. I would have never, you know, I wouldn't have been able to fulfill on the seed planting in Honduras. And so this is something I want to point out, that in creating a manifestation, in creating an intention, it's not necessarily to fulfill the intention. It's who you get to be between now and then to create the fulfillment of that intention. And so when you create the parking spot, when you create a perfect day, that's when you affirm that everything is falling into place. The universe has your back. The universe conspires to fulfill your wishes. You create your reality. I created this. And so you just affirm this over and over again. And these little things, so to speak, are breadcrumbs that bigger things are coming. Proof and evidence. Overflow is happening. And you can't even see the possibilities yet. And this is also where you can point back to one of my earlier podcasts, Isn't It Wonderful? Isn't it wonderful how the universe conspires on my behalf? 
isn't it wonderful how all this is happening now? I wonder how easily everything will fall in place for the house project. Going back to her letter. You see, focusing on these other attributes as being breadcrumbs or evidence that the momentum is building and that it's just a matter of time before the order is delivered to your table. It's like you sitting back at the table, forgetting the fact that you ordered food and enjoying the conversation, enjoying the ambiance, enjoying the cocktail, whatever is there. It's just the assumption that the universe is going to fulfill on your order. Not focusing, like, I wonder when the universe is going to get the stuff here. Like, I'm hungry. No, it's saying, oh, I can't wait for the food to get here. I'm so hungry. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to enjoy it so much. But this conversation right now, it's priceless. Now, another thing I want to mention, and I, I pointed to it earlier, but I don't think I said it, you know, expanded on it very much, is that when you have resistance come up in the area of your life where there's resistance, Look at what's working, focus on the positive, associate to what you can be thankful for and that you can appreciate, and remember the vibe to manifest the things you want, the desirable things, is love and appreciation. So what can you be in gratitude about? What can you talk about the things that are currently showing up in your life? I love the fact that I can manifest a parking spot. I love the fact that I can go to the grocery store and what I want is there. That is simply amazing, and it proves to me that the universe has my back, is conspiring on my behalf. Again, there's no difference between a little thing and a big thing. It's all manifestation, and your state, your emotional, biochemical state, is also a manifestation. So every day, that's where your focus should be. How can I create today as a phenomenal, marvelous day? How can I show up? fully engaged, loving and appreciating my life, loving and appreciating the journey, loving and appreciating the epic adventure. It is an epic adventure. You don't want things coming to you too easily. They can flow to you easily, but you want to have the experience. You want to have the adventure of creating it and creating yourself and creating how you're being in the world, which attracts everything that you want understanding that in order to be frustrated, you have to picture things a particular way, talk about them a particular way, reference them a particular way in your head. You generate the feeling of frustration, which is your point of attraction, which it creates more experiences where you're frustrated. You see, the problem is, is that we think when we get the manifestation, when the manifestation shows up, then we'll feel good, then we'll be satisfied. But why not feel satisfied now, which will attract what you want even faster? Be in a state of satisfaction, be in a state of appreciation and love and joy. Create that, and then the journey is easy. Don't be like the kid in the back saying, are we there yet? When are we going to get there? How long is it going to take? And realizing that their eyesight is below the window line. They can't see the journey. So to them, it's just time in a car. And the journey feels like it takes forever because they can't engage in the journey. Once they're a little older and they can see out the window, you can play a game. How many blue cars can you find? How many VW bugs can you find? You can sight things along the road. It occupies the mind. It refocuses our, our attention. 
it creates a sense of enjoyment along the way. We make it a game. It is a game. It's an epic game, an epic adventure. So before I leave, I have a couple asks for you. One, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe. If you enjoy the podcast in general, join our Facebook group, and that's the Aligned Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group. The Aligned Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Join us there for conversations. And then also, I'm just wrapping up registration for my Aligned Self Signature Coaching Program. And I'm looking for four individuals that want to make a difference for their life. Now, it is a group coaching program, but it's a small group. So you're going to get a lot of personal attention from me. So if you're someone that wants to make a profound difference in your relationships, your relationship with yourself and others, your self-esteem, your financial destiny, join the Aligned Self. Go to YesDaniel.com and follow the link. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Dano V, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 